0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: The Chiefs beat up the Chargers and the sky, like those Chargers uniforms, is blue. Is this a rivalry in name only? And speaking of blue, if the Lions are good, then what are the Ravens and the Eagles and Dolphins made for a great Sunday night football game? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the Camp not miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports.
2: Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The Chiefs and the Chargers went back and forth in the first half on Sunday afternoon. Much like these games always seem to go. But in the second half, it was Kansas City. That ultimately pulled away a thirty-one to seventeen. Can we call it a statement win? Four hundred yards and four touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes in this one. Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs joins me now. And Chris, I mentioned the, these games always seem to be fun, but Patrick Mahomes, when he starts, the Chiefs are seven and two against the Chargers in his career. Is this is is this a rivalry in name only right now?
3: <laughs> it of sure seems like like it. Although the Chargers always seem to play the Chiefs very close. So having a two-score win in this game felt really good. And don't forget, Travis Kelsey almost had 180 yards himself and was well over 100 yards in the first half.
1: And Travis Kelsey right now, the only guy Patrick Mahomes can count on in in this receiver room. (laughs) And so the fact that the Chargers couldn't stop him, pretty telling not just about how bad their defense is, but also how great Travis Kelsey is. And you know who, Taylor Swift, in the audience to witness all of it uh, Mahomes has been a little un at times so far this season. It seems like from the outside that some of the lack of faith of those receivers is showing up. He looked as comfortable as he's looked all season in this one. What do you think was the difference for him?
3: I think he just went out there and played, uh, another this third straight game having a 75% or higher completion percentage. Mm. That's ridiculous. Especially when you're throwing the ball 40 40- 40 times in a game, which yeah. he's been doing most of the time in the past three games. And then not only that, but 10.1 yards per attempt today. Uh, that's phenomenal. And, yeah, don't get me wrong. There's some big yak plays in there. Um, but still hitting receivers when they're wide open and and giving them a chance to, you know, make the yards after the catch. I mean, he looked really good today. And he, t- he took advantage of what was there when it was there. And, you know, the interception – Say what you want about it. I mean, he's getting hit as the ball as he throws the ball up, and it's going to end up short. So it is what it is at that point.
1: The running game did not get going in this one against a very bad run defense for the L.A. Chargers. 21 carries, 68 yards. Four of them were Patrick Mahomes scrambles. He, he remains awesome as a scrambler in this one. So um, is this a sustainable way of, of playing offense for the Chiefs, given some of the limitations I mentioned at receiver?
3: I think it'll be sustainable. I think that you're going to see some games where they don't have great against the running game or in the running game, but I think you're also see games where Pacheco runs for close to 100 yards and uh, maybe McKinnon's going to get involved. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't really seem to be doing much when it comes to being in the game offensively, so not really sure why they continue going to that route unless they're just trying to get him snapped, so, uh to keep the other running backs fresh. But, you know, I think you're going to see Pacheco's had some good games. Uh, this isn't one of his better games, and, you know, I think you take it with what what it is and you look at how the passing game was going. I think that they just focused on doing what they knew they could do very well and just pass the ball all over the field. 400 yards is not something Mahomes has done a ton, especially not this year. I think this is his second or third game going over 300. Um, so, you know, not really where where he was last year, but uh, I think you got to feel pretty good about it going for 424.
1: Holding Justin Herbert and this LA Chargers team to just 17 points, this Kansas City defense, I, I think, has bad an underrated season overall. And other than Chris Jones, it's kind of a no-name defense in a lot of ways. So, how are they able to do this?
3: Well, you look at the, the guys they've drafted. Charles Minshew is is a free agent from this year, but you go back and look at, and he had a fantastic game coming back from a uh, suspension today. But you look at, you know, George Karloftis; he had a sack early in the game. Uh, FAU is another one that they drafted this year. You didn't get any real pressure this week, but he's been a guy that's trying, you know, they're trying to get him to come on. Uh, Chris Jones is making, you know, space for other guys to get after the quarterback. They ended up getting what, five or six sacks in this game. Uh, two of them were by linebackers that had clean shots at the quarterback with nobody blocking them with tranquil and gay, having huge sacks, uh, for big losses. Uh, it's, you know, Spagnuolo is being able to dial the pressure when he needs to, uh, Otherwise, you know, the line, the defensive line is getting after the quarterback by themselves.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Kansas City Chiefs by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Chiefs on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, just how high can the Ravens fly this year? Before we get to that, the Battle of Texas in the ALCS raged on Sunday night. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. FanDuel sees San Francisco way ahead of Minnesota, like the rest of us. The 49ers, six and a half point favorites on the road over the Vikings on Monday Night Football, Though that line has come down. It was seven and a half earlier in the week. You can also combine different prop bets within a game to get an even bigger payout. FanDuel same game parlays are a great way to enhance your sports watching experience. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Game six, Houston, the Astros with a chance to make the World Series. The Rangers trying desperately to force game seven. The road team has won every game in this series up to this point. Well, even after
2: a devastating loss like this, game six, ALCS, yeah, guys. I know that tomorrow's game is going to be epic. It's going to be Game Seven ALCS. Uh, it's going to be very tense. It's going to be very. Um, it's going to be one of those where everybody's all hands on deck. Uh, we'll see if even Justin Verlander gets an inning or so just to get the Astros into the World Series. And it's going to be Christian Javier on the mount. The Rangers really kept this game wide open up until they put the five spot on the Astros. The game was never really out of reach. Well, if you talk about this offense at home, you would think it's out of reach just because they're playing at home. But in this game alone, one for eight with runners in scoring position and left out on base, how many have they left on base at home, Eric, compared to, like, give me their runners in scoring position okay. numbers at home and their runners in scoring position numbers on the road. All right, this is kind of pathetic. At home, in this series, the Astros have scored six runs. On the road, they've scored 23.
1: I'm pretty sure DJ Moore was the only healthy regular player for the Bears on offense, and they put on a show against the Raiders. Tyson Bagent looked calm, cool, and collected, and his teammates did the rest in the Chicago
0: Bears' bounce-back win against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm Lauren Cox, and I host the Locked On Bears podcast, and this week, we're going to break down a big first career start from Tyson Bagent doing a good job of taking care of the football and letting his weapons be the playmakers that they can be, running the ball very effectively, taking the check downs when they're there, escaping the pocket, having good pocket presence and making a few nice plays at the sideline downfield. It wasn't anything heroic from Bajant, but they didn't need him to be Superman. They just needed him to be a good point guard. And that was enough for a victory over the Los Angeles Rams. We'll break down his performance and a nice showing from this Bears defense
1: on the Locked On Bears podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Colts should have won on Sunday, but the Browns did instead.
2: The Colts lose a wild one here at home at Lucas Oil Stadium. What's up, everybody? This is Jake Arthur from Locked On Colts. Colts go down 39-38 to 38 to the visiting Cleveland Browns today. Really, really frustrating ending for this one. Uh, majority of Colts fans talking about the officiating at the very end. Uh, The Colts get a sack fumble, which should have ended the game. However, some really questionable uh, calls in the secondary pretty much determined the final minute or so of this game. Uh, You can look at a one-point loss. You can point at the four turnovers from Gardner Minshew as well. Uh, Overall, the game exceeded expectations. However, the Colts should have won this one, whether you look at them giving the ball away four times, uh, the referees determining what happened in the final minute or so. Uh, still plenty of goods, plenty of bad to take away from this one. Stay tuned to Locked On Colts for more.
1: Bill Belichick won his 300th career game in dramatic fashion as the Patriots beat the Bills. The focus is on Orchard Park, though, as they try to answer the question of what went wrong. Well, folks, the Buffalo Bills fell to the New England Patriots 25-29. to and fall to four and three on the season. And it's fair to say that we have a lot of questions about this football team and what it is truly capable of. It is not meeting the expectations that we have. And it certainly doesn't look like a team that is primed to make a deep postseason run at this point. That was a well-earned
3: loss by the Buffalo Bills. Well-earned, not good enough on offense, not good enough on defense, and not good enough on special teams. Zero
1: good complimentary football, and that's how you give the Patriots their second win of the season after looking like the worst team in the league over the last three weeks. And the Giants hadn't scored a touchdown at home all season until Sunday when they scored not one, but two. And that's all they needed to beat the Commanders.
4: The New York Giants snapped a four-game losing streak with a 14-7 win over the Washington Commanders Sunday at MetLife Stadium. The Giants' defense took full advantage of the league's worst offensive line as far as sacks allowed, going on to record six sacks against quarterback Sam Howell. The Giants' defense also kept Washington in check on third down, allowing just one of 15 to be converted and limiting Washington in the red zone to one score on three attempts. Offensively, the Giants, as led by quarterback Tyrod Taylor, finished with a season-high 356 yards of offense that included seven big plays of 20-plus yards. However, New York's offense still had its share of struggles, as other than for three promising-looking drives, the Giants went three and out on six of their 14 game drives, not counting the final one at the end of the game. Still, getting the win is a huge monkey off the Giants' backs, as they look to salvage their season by getting on track against what's widely considered the soft part of their schedule. Here is another story you need to know.
1: The football gods have a way of humbling. The Detroit Lions were the toast of the NFC after the 49ers had a shaky performance. The Eagles lose to the Jets. People looking around going, hey, why not the Lions? The Baltimore Ravens said, hey, why, why don't we beat them down? A 38-6 absolute manhandling. In a game that was over at halftime, it was 28-0 at halftime, and honestly did not even feel that close. Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens joins me now. And, and Kevin, this was the Lamar Jackson, hey, remember me, I'm still really good game. So what clicked for them offensively in this one?
0: Well, I think the short answer, Peter, is, is everything. And you're right, the game the game wasn't even just over by halftime, it was over by midway through the second quarter. I mean, the Ravens had 21 points in under 18 minutes, The Lions had to start going for it on fourth down midway through the second quarter. Their own, I think, 49-yard line, it was Mm. fourth and eight. They were already down by 28 points. The Ravens offense had been looking for consistency. They had been, you know, they were either really good in the first half and then struggled in the second half, or they started slow and then picked it up as the game went on. We hadn't seen a full 60-minute consistent effort And I think this was more than that. The Ravens end up actually winning the coin toss and electing to receive, which usually, you know, today's game does not happen very often. But the Ravens offense starts off with a statement, and they carried that statement throughout Lamar Jackson, over 350 yards passing, four total touchdowns, looked dialed in the entire game. I have to give a shout out to the offensive line, too. They gave him time in the pocket, and when he was able to escape and make other things happen, guys like Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews, Gus Edwards had – an 80-yard reception. He averaged 80 yards per catch in this game off of a one one reception. So Baltimore's offense, I think, needed this game. There were a couple of games early on in the season, the Colts game, for example, the Steelers game, where they had started to show something, but then a turnover or sloppiness or drops ended up being their undoing. But this was a consistent effort. Only one turnover was the fumble. When the game was already out of hand, 28's nothing, so it didn't really matter. But I think this can be a building block for the Ravens offense moving forward, especially as they round out this three-game NFC stretch against both the Cardinals and the Seahawks because they have to buy pretty late in the whole process. So it'll be nice on them to maybe rattle off some more wins, but this was a nice stepping stone for Baltimore's offense.
1: I think it would be easy to just overlook the defensive performance here, holding the Detroit Lions to six points, by far their worst performance of the season so far. And that's with a Ravens team that has already been banged up on defense, though they're getting a resurgence to Davion Clowney season. He's just come in and like looked awesome. Um, Patrick Queen somehow turning his career around this season. Kevin, what what defensively were they able to to do to to keep this team at bay that that basically for the last calendar year no one has been able to stop?
0: Yeah, and I, I think part of that you mentioned it, Peter, is the play they're getting out of some of these free agents they signed either very late in August or during the season, not only Jadavion Clowney, who you mentioned is having a great season, but Arthur Millette, who they signed from the Steelers, he's been playing great in the slot. Kyle Van Noy, they signed him literally less than a month ago. He had two sacks in this game. I believe he had two sacks last game, too. He's he's played really well, and that was against his former team in Detroit who he played for early in his career. But other than that, I think the play they've gotten from those guys, plus guys like Roquan Smith balling out, Patrick Queen looks great, Kyle Hamilton's taking a second-year leap, they've been able to weather the storm of losing Marcus Williams to two injuries. Now through six weeks, now seven with this game, you also had Marlon Humphrey miss the start of the season and a couple other guys like Adafe Owe go down and have to miss some time, but they're now getting a, a lot healthier. Really only Marcus Williams is out with an injury that's not season ending. So at this point, the Ravens defense has established themselves. They've kind of been dragging this offense, the inconsistency of the offense across the finish line. In a lot of these games, but I think the encouraging part for the Ravens at least is that it wasn't just the defense. This time, the offense played complimentary football to their defensive unit and it's given players like Roquan Smith and all those guys on the defensive line of break. they have gotten a big breakout year from Justin Matabike. Geno stone is the NFL's interception leader right now with four, not necessarily these big star household names that you're used to seeing in those categories. So I think it's an all around effort from this defense, Jared Goff, looked like he didn't know what he was doing out there and i give jared goff credit he's looked like a borderline top 10 top 12 guy this year but he had no answers for this ravens defense i think the ravens defense is playing with the chip on their shoulder and it's clearly worked because they're one of the best units in football right now
1: stay up to date on the baltimore ravens by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on ravens on your favorite podcast app and on youtube coming up the eagles and the dolphins made for a good sunday night football matchup the Eagles and Dolphins have looked like conference favorites this year. They squared off on Sunday Night Football. Locked on, Eagles host Gino Camilleri and Louis DiBiase have more. The Philadelphia
0: Eagles are now 6-1 after a statement 31-17 win over the Miami Dolphins so many awesome positives to get into from this game a lot of growth still this Eagles team needs to have to get to the ceiling we know they still can get to in 2023 I'd like to give a shout out to all of Miami Dolphins Twitter that attacked me and you for the last four days straight over what I thought was pretty responsible analysis regarding Jalen Hurts and Tua Viola earlier this week when we made the statement that both are playing really well, but Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. And guess what, Dolphins fans? Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback, and he showed it tonight. Well, guess what? This isn't Alabama. This is the National freaking Football League, and you know what Jalen Hurts does in the National freaking Football League? He wins games. He wins games. He doesn't let his team down like your offense did tonight, putting up one touchdown, the best, the baddest, the greatest show on earth. Miss me with all that? Jalen Hurts did his job. The defense did their job. Figure out and worry about your division. Even if the Bills lost, you still got to worry about them. Go be Buffalo's little brother. They can't worry. uh, I was gonna say they can't beat. repeating champions, 6-1, going into a season where nobody thought the Eagles were going to have to go in and do what they did last year because they were going to be on a
1: Super Bowl letdown, a hangover. Miss me with all that. These two teams are where football is going. And so regardless of who wins, we win and the NFL wins because the game is being pushed forward by teams like the Eagles, by teams like the Dolphins. And if you look at what Shane Steichen, who was on the Eagles, has done in Indianapolis with first Anthony Richardson and then Gardner Minshew, that offense just keeps churning without a lot of talented players. This is where offense is going. And these teams create matchups in unique ways to them, to be sure. But they also have been giving teams blueprints for how they can play, how they can bring quarterbacks along adding at the skill positions, interesting and creative run games, and then, of course, adding high-level defensive players, star players on defense. This is how you build a modern team in the NFL, and we saw two of them on Sunday night. And you know what? It still might not matter because Patrick Mahomes is just that good. That's, That's how good Patrick Mahomes is, by the way. But these two teams... This is this is what more and more teams are trying to copy around the league. And finally, Georgia continues its stranglehold over the number one overall ranking in college football. For the 19th straight week, UGA is the top-ranked team in the country. They maintain the slimmest of leads over Michigan, though. Returning to the top 10, Alabama is back. And don't count out the Crimson Tide yet, who could win out and make a case for the playoff, which is just what everyone in college football that does not say roll tide is rooting against thanks for making locked on sports today your first listen now go find your favorite team's locked on podcast and make them your second listen coming up on the next locked on sports today just how much will the 49ers beat the vikings by and is that a foregone conclusion so at least until tomorrow stay
4: locked on sports today